This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. I'm Alma, and this is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. Hello, everyone. I have a special guest with me today, and we're going to be talking about a new film called Narco Shark and their new campaign for another film. Today, we have Gerardo Preciado, and you have just a very interesting background that I love reading everything I found about you. Uh, Gerardo has been on the podcast before. I'll link the previous show. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. And also, uh, first time I was here with you, it was my first podcast. So I hope to do a lot better oh. this time. Yeah, I was like talking oh. too much and interrupting and everything. <laughs> That's not a problem. That's fine because I love that. I love being able to talk like we're just, we like we're in the same room. And I think that's the easiest way to listen to a podcast when you're listening to two people and it looks like, and it just sounds like they're having a good conversation. Don't worry about it. You can never talk too much too when you're talking about yourself and you want to, you want to like share what you're making. And it, and it gives us a good background to show that you're very passionate about your work. Gerardo is a, a Mexican writer, musician, and filmmaker known for his work as an electronic one-man band called Ancient Order of the Droids which releases many, mainly, soundtracks to imaginary horror films. He also created and writes for the independent comic book uh, labels Moonhead Press with artist Daniel Bayliss and Old Skull Comics with artist David Marquez, where he publishes stories in a variety of genres ranging from horror to science fiction and superhero satire. Preciado recently completed his first work as a movie director with the over-the-top 80s exploitation comedy Narco Shark. That's right. You heard it right. And it's currently working on his sophomore effort, a black and white art house horror called Tetractus, slated for next year. Okay, so we're going to start off with uh, Narco Shark, which I had the pleasure of watching. I'll tell you my thoughts on that. I did write a review, which I usually don't write them on Letterboxd. But if you want to look it up, it's on Letterboxd. First of all, I love it when I get an opportunity to watch a movie before other people because I feel like I'm in on this great secret. <laughs> but it is amazing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like the premise of your movie? Yeah, well, well, first of all, you were one of the, like you said, very early people who have seen the film. The film hasn't been released commercially. I hope that by... Early next year, it will be available for, I don't know exactly where, but, uh, so yeah, there was, you were one of the first people that I wanted the, that you see the movie and the movie, well, you've seen it. I don't think that you can describe it easily. It's basically like inspired by fast cinema from the eighties exploitation. You know, I'm a fan of, uh, Italian films, Italian knockoffs, but here in Mexico, we have a, an lower budget than the Italians and so it's we have to make it up with creativity 
And but that was just the influence of the the aesthetic of it looking really kind of shot on video forty years ago. And but but the story is basically like this uh, cop, this very horrible person who is a detective. He's also like a, like a saxophonist, uh, music rock star kind of thing. But it's it's he has to battle like uh, there's a. A ninja cartel, like the, the I call it the Mexican yakuza, because the the Japanese mafia and the Mexican cartel they kind of mix together under this ninja group that worship uh, worship a shark basically, and so the, it goes from there. That's just like the premise, but there's a lot of stuff happens. And also, I wanted to make a film uh, uh, that again, like in the VHS era, you have the the poster that you had on the box, on the VHS box, the the poster almost rarely did the movie uh, had anything to do with the poster. Most most of the time, the poster was like incredible action, and 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 they didn't have the budget to do it. So I wanted I wanted to be inspired by that in in, in the sense of having a really uh, some action poster, but the movie be something a little bit different. Yet. Uh, Yes, I do think that, that there are ninjas and there is a shark and there is a lot of action, but the movie is more about the characters and the very ridiculous, uh, try to make it very entertaining throughout the movie. Okay, so I have the plot synopsis from, I think this was from Letterboxd, I think this is where you sent me. So in the year 1989, Mexican direct-to-video superstar Ricky Valente was in line to write and direct Narco Shark, a wild and ambitious film about a detective saxophonist who battles the Mexican Yakuza and a cocaine-fueled killer shark. Uh, Watch Lightning save his marriage from falling apart and helping his awkwardly shy but sexually depraved brother-in-law learn some breakdancing moves. Sadly, the film was never made until now. So I just I just read that like if it was found footage that somebody took and edited it and then added in sliced in some things to make it a complete film. And then we have this. And I had mentioned the artwork on the box because uh, like what you have on the what you would have displayed on your VCR cassette or whatever it is. That is exactly how we used to pick movies back then. Like in the 80s and 90s, you saw those exciting posters. And it, and it is. You look back at all the, the, the horror movies, sci-fi movies, and it's like, those people aren't even in the movie. Like, who is that? And what is going on here with everything? But I honestly think that this one was really good because you have the shark. You see some bizarre stuff going on. And I think that the artwork is actually pulling the type of person that you want who would be interested, who is excited about watching this kind of movie. So what exactly inspired you to make this movie? Yeah, while you were reading the the description, I, I thought that the reason that it's described like that, that is what it's almost like a lost movie. And I, when we met each other, it was because I'd been making, like you said at the beginning, imaginary soundtracks, which was music to films that don't ex- that don't exist. So I will mm-hmm. write a, a, an album of music to a film that uh, that 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 I created in my mind. And so it wasn't like a natural progression was to 
finally make a movie. You, like you say, the, the artwork, uh, when I was here, we go to rent movies. You didn't have YouTube. You There was no way for you to check a trailer for this movie. You were sold on basically on the poster alone. Mm. And so, you know, independent distributors and, and, and studios use the poster to sell you on the movie. And, and the, the movie didn't always deliver on the poster. The poster was always much better than the movie. And, and I think in, in this case, I wanted to do that, to do that also, which is an amazing poster and deliver on the movie, but in a different way that not the way that you were expecting, but it still be entertaining and funny and stuff. And there are ninjas and shark and everything, but it's not the poster. It's impossible to make that movie, you know, on a budget like this. That actually led me to the question I was going to ask because an interesting way that you put it is that you make soundtracks to imaginary movies, right? I was going to ask, did you write this soundtrack first before the movie? Was it a soundtrack that inspired you or did you write the, make the music for this movie while making it? I usually just, again, just do the music and and then I started to write the screenplays for the imaginary movie. So the next step was to make the movie. For this one, I made an imaginary soundtrack first with for music okay, for cool. Narco Shark. And then mm -hmm. I wrote the screenplay and making a movie is like the hardest thing you can do in, in when it comes to what I've done with, with the arts, music, comics, movies, it's a hundred times, you know, it multiplies every, every difficulty is multiplied by a hundred. And so by the time I, uh, um, when I was finishing Narco Shark, I started using, and it was the plan all along was to use music from the ancient order of the Droids cattle, because mm -hmm. the one, another aspect of the movie is that the different layers of the story, I know that it's a very silly movie. But it mm -hmm. takes place like in the mind of a of a person who's having like some mental breakdown or something, and it's mm -hmm. about the the whole history of the the things that I've done. So I started to use some of my old music and and it fit right into it because some of some of it is more kind of like atmospheric music. Some of it is more mm -hmm. fun, like almost video game kind of music. And when, mm -hmm. and I started because I was editing the movie as we were shooting. And when I was editing, I started to use all the music. So I, I ended up uh, only writing a couple of new tracks for the film. So the, the, mm -hmm. the soundtrack of the, of the movie is mostly uh, like a, a best of of the ancient order of the droids. I used tracks from 10 years ago, but it's based. Like in the in the movie credits, that it says that the movie is based on the an imaginary soundtrack by Ancient Order of the Droids because I made the imaginary soundtrack first. I think I get it. I think the music inspired you. Like you were you you have the vision. The music comes first to you. I I can see that the soundtrack you shared with me is it available for everyone to listen to already, even though the film isn't. Yeah, the soundtrack, both the imaginary soundtrack and the actual soundtrack are available on Spotify, on every streaming, everywhere you stream music, it's available now. 
Now, you mentioned some of it was like video game style when you're talking about parts of the film. Now, I would describe it like every scene was very purposeful in the art direction. To me, I felt like it, 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 especially when you mentioned the video game thing, it almost felt like a ready player one. And then you add people in. And then with some of the aspects, like when you have your shark, or the Yakuza and the fighting style, I could see a lot of that old, like, 80s, 90s action and thing. Did you work with an art director? Was it your ideas? Was there somebody you worked with to get those ideas of yours into the movie that it showed exactly what you wanted it to be? Well, no. (laughs) No art director. It was basically, you know, was making a movie like, I I made movies when I was a teenager or, or a kid with my friends and my brother. And this was, and actually with some of the actors that are in the movie are my childhood friends. Basically this, the same thing that we did 30 years ago, we were doing the same mm-hmm. thing, uh, except that we were, we were not shooting on a VHS camera. People ask me like, with what equipment you shot this with? And I said mm-hmm. that it was an iPhone from 1984. I don't know what model or anything, but it <laughs> was an old, an old iPhone. So I'm not a tech person, as you can tell. And <laughs> yeah, so we, we, and it was a very quick shoot. Again, like we, when we were kids, we would go to a garbage site most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple of actors wish they didn't have the screenplay or anything. I just have to tell them, this is what happens. This is. I will give them the lines of camera and they will just repeat it. So basically, so they will act like that they, they were not prepared. So they will not be able mm-hmm. to do it. And I wanted that, that struggle of people not knowing because in that, that kind of movie, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they are doing, but it's sure mm-hmm. what's happening. And I wanted that feeling that I tr- it's, it's a very difficult because I'm not trying to make uh, one of those, oh, it's a bad movie, so bad that it's mm-hmm. good or anything. I'm really, we're really trying to make a, a good movie, but, but mm-hmm. it's funny because we are failing at everything. Everything is, nothing works and they're, and, mm-hmm. and they're not giving the opportunity to, to do it well. I'm not giving them, I'm basically sabotaging everyone <laughs> as a director. <laughs> and so that's why I think it's funny because we are trying and in the same the, in the movie, we fail in a lot of, there's a, like animation sequence, there there are again, a CGI shark, a stop motion sequence, there are several mm-hmm. things. And every step of the way, we failed at what we wanted to do. But I think that's what's funny is because we didn't, we were trying. It's only funny because we are trying and failing. It we were just... Mm-hmm doing things bad because we think it's funny or ironically i don't think it will be as funny as it is i i get it because a lot of times when we're watching certain movies it's like do these people all know that they're in this movie together or does that person know that they're supposed to be working with that person kind of thing but in in watching it it was purposeful in a way that it was it was pure enjoy enjoyment um what I wrote, because I think it might help some people to describe something. If you haven't seen it, because most of the time we cover movies on our podcast 
that we've seen. I usually don't do new movies because I hate spoiling movies uh, for people. It's like, I don't mind spoiling it. We know when we're talking to family and friends like that, but when it comes to something new, I want to get people to watch it without spoiling anything that is great about it. But also it's like this, I, I feel like it's unique and that there is a, a, a large audience who would enjoy this. And so when I was writing about it and thinking about the film, I was, um, this is kind of what I wrote. I don't know if you had a, a chance to read it, but I had put, do you long for the B movies of the 80s and 90s? Do you miss the late night action and sci-fi at your local drive-in theater? I remember sifting through the VHS, VHS tapes at the local hole-in-the-wall video store and running up to my dad to ask if I could rep the latest line. Thanks to Narco Shark, the memories came rushing back. It's filmed like found footage that was edited and remastered for a bizarrely stylish and over the trip back to the films of video store days. The Mexican Yakuza and a shark god were brilliant choices that I couldn't help but think of the Velocipasture. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but <laughs> it was great. The costume choices and effects were fun. I enjoyed all the animation choices. The music was fabulous. I appreciated every purposeful choice to make each scene stranger and wilder than the one before. Overall weird in the funniest way and funniest hell. I I think that I did a good a good job like describing how the movie made me feel because a lot of times it was like some of the movies that we'd find we'd always you didn't know what you were going to get but when you got it, we appreciated so many, so many parts of it. Like I watched a lot of action and just like anything that was sci-fi, anything that was horror, anything of the bizarre. And I always appreciated those things because it was like an idea, a creation from your mind that was new and interesting. But I knew that people, when you don't have the budget and you don't have, you know, the best resources to make it. But in this one, it seemed like you had you made everything kind of exactly the way that I felt like it, like it should be. Like it was smart and funny. I love the usage of the, you had a mannequin and it was like, well, you don't have enough people to play your part. Can you play them yourself? You know? And I love the, the, the characters, they were funny and fun. And I love when you took the time to just show a reaction for too long because that that kind of humor is just it's really great because it's like you're self-aware <laughs> of those things and i i just really i did like that a lot thank you so much for that review i did read it and and you got the uh, really happy that you got the the spirit of it like the makes you feel again that's that's the same with the soundtracks to make you mm -hmm. feel like you're back in your childhood doing something that didn't exist back then on a level it's very intentional yeah the humor is very silly and, and very aware that i don't want to be boring that's like the mm -hmm. only thing that uh, i don't don't have the luxury of boring people but one thing has to work which is that that is entertaining and a lot mm -hmm. of the, those things were accidents or or not some of it were accidents and some of it were a response to not having like you said the resources and so mm -hmm. like when I, I wrote the screenplay i didn't write the tita part for a mannequin right <laughs> but as i was 
when I started to, you know, the process of thinking who is going to play these characters and stuff, I realized that there's no way, there's no way that I'm going to get an actress to do what this, this character has to do. And, and also we were recording in very shady places and, and, uh-huh. it, and it, the film is made and it's still a struggle to, to explain what the film is. Even mm-hmm. imagine before it was made to, uh, to talk to an actress, like, this is what we're going now. The film is made maybe for Narcoshack 2, we can get actresses, but we were playing, we were recording on, on garbage sites, on, on mm-hmm. abandoned houses, <laughs> you know, it's not in, in doing really strange things. So mm-hmm. I, for a moment, and I, I, I thought there's no way. So, and then it occurs to me, like I said, not that it is like a super smart film or anything, but I tried to make it work on different levels. And that was one, a, a way to, to find a solution to the problem was when a problem arise, it was like, how can mm-hmm. we make this movie better? Because I don't have this. And so mm-hmm. the, uh, not to, I don't know if you don't want to get to, to spoilerish, but the, an mm-hmm. actor like an actor quit just as we were about to shoot. And that uh-huh. had a lot of repercussions. So how do I uh, fix this? And instead mm-hmm. of, you know, crying and all oh, getting angry, then I, I thought I'm going to find a solution to this problem instead of recasting. There's a character that, that, or, that is played by different people and under... Mm-hmm. Very strange circumstance, and that's because the real actor wasn't available. And so I think, like, the best part of the movie, like the best joke of the movie, was yeah. a, an accident or a response to not being able to do the original plan. So, okay, this is an opportunity to make this better. And so I come up with a, another, like, a joke that lasts mm-hmm. throughout the movie that is very bizarre, very strange. That wasn't on the, on the screenplay. In the screenplay, there wasn't an animated sequence. I think it works is because it has a certain charm, like you say. It's, mm-hmm. it's because it's made almost like by children. <laughs> We're all just idiots doing this. And, and there's an innocence about it that, oh, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to dress like ninjas. We're in our 40s in our garbage site. And that, you know, I think that's what makes it what makes it work because we are being mm-hmm. sincere. Well, I find, I find a lot of indie films when people have to work within their constraints, we notice them, but it, it, it always looks like smart choices. I figured because of the way that the film was put together later, that's why you inserted different actor because the actor wasn't there anymore. So it makes sense. Like every, everything kind of uh, goes together because of that, because the smartest thing you can do is to just continue and not let anything detract you from succeeding with your goal, which was to finish finish the film. And um, a lot of times I've seen things that it was it sounded so great, but they didn't have enough to make it complete. So I think 
one of the the best decisions in the in the whole plot of the movie is the fact that it's supposed to be set a long time ago because those things were different. Like 80s was different. We had different style. We had different choice. We didn't have the same animation. We didn't have the CGI that we have now. So when you have those things in it, it looks cool and it's retro and it's it's artistic a choice, you know, because it goes with the style of doing it back then. The shark, because you chose to do it a couple of different ways. Those were fun. I love that. I love the fun that you actually had like an actual shark footage and then you would have it animated. And then with the boxing gloves, those were all like great, great to me. Yeah, and I was going to say that instead of sh- of hiding like the defects of the movie, of the, mm-hmm. we highlighted them, you know, made it funny that we don't have the money, made it funny that we don't have the equipment. And yeah, we I, I was very aware, like, again, we have the, the poster, we have to deliver on, on certain things, on the shark and everything. And mm-hmm. I, and, and also what happens on that, that kind of movies in the 80s was that that for instance, like a, a short movie, you will have the, the, the shark at the beginning, at the middle of the end. It could be a crocodile or something, right? But I wanted to make like the, the in-between scenes, make the, mm-hmm. the, the best of the movie, those scenes to make the mm-hmm. character so interesting. So a lot of stuff happens in the movie between the shark scenes that it almost, you forget that there is a shark because you're all this crazy stuff is happening around them. <laughs> so I was just going to reiterate that this film obviously is not available for release yet. We actually, we could talk more about this film, but you have another campaign for uh, your new project. We're going to talk about your new trailer and campaign. And that one launches this 18th, which is, well, I'm going to release this on the same day. So can you tell us a little bit about this new campaign? And make sure to tell us where we can go find it. Yeah, so the, the new film is called The Tractist, which is all, which is actually like the first film that I wanted to make. Like a couple of years ago, I decided that I, it's time. I, I'm not getting any younger, right? <laughs> I'm going to make a, a movie, but it and it was a, maybe a little too ambitious or too weird. Which is funny because Narco Shark is very strange. <laughs> Narco Shark is a movie that was made like by a crazy person, like somebody that obviously has some issues. And so the practice is the story about the director of Narco Shark, like this person who who makes this strange art. Don't want to spoil Narco Shark too much, but it's kind mm-hmm. of it's not a sequel, but it's almost a continuation of Narco Shark. This is a story that I wanted to tell from 20 years ago, maybe more, before I started even making music. And, and it's finally time to do, let's see what happens. In Narcoshark, I use the, the language of trash cinema. I say to my friends that it's not like I'm trying to make trash. It's more like mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a sculpture out of trash. <laughs> <laughs> is a little bit different and this movie also is a, it's gonna be strange and weird but it's it's taking influences from art house films so like david lynch and Cronenberg and other directors and mm-hmm. so it's gonna be like a pretentious black and white art house film but that's like just the influence is gonna be weird and funny and stuff like that 
And yeah, it's going to be, you can, in all my socials, I'm going to post it. Like everywhere I'm like Musica di Diablo, which is my record label, one man record label. Musica mm -hmm. di Diablo is very hard for me to spell in another language, but I'm going to try. It's M-U-S-I-K-E-D-I-D-I-A-B-L-E. Musica di yes. Diablo. I practice a lot. That. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I used to have to, I helped my mother a lot with, with spelling when it came to spelling in English because she would tell me certain things. So I learned how to help her and I would edit her work a lot for her to help translate. I was looking through your music catalog for this or to track this. Do you already have the music? No. Uh... It's again, it's different from Narcosharp. Narcosharp started mm. from like this imaginary soundtrack. Then I wrote a screenplay. And in the movie, I use music from the catalog. This because it's, it's uh, again, it's a story of this director, of this writer who has a lot of issues and stuff. And mm -hmm. basically, it's like uh, the subconscious of this person. But this person also, this is the person who made Terrore and Giallo and My Little Slasher, mm -hmm. those. In this world, those movies exist. And so mm -hmm. this is like uh, the story of this person. So I made an album that's music from very, uh, from a, a lot of my... It's more, it's almost like like the story of my life in throughout songs that I've made in the last 15 years or so. That's like the... the I'm releasing an album from the practice, the real story of Music El Diablo. So it's like the starting ground is, okay, so... We're going to examine what type of person makes this. We're going to go through this subconscious of these traumas and stuff. And then the movie, I, I think that when I, I'm finishing the movie, then it's going to be all new music. But I don't know if I'm going to have the energy. <laughs> but uh, that's the plan, at least. Basically, it's a story about a person who makes movies to somehow deal with some kind of trauma. It's an self-reflection of, of an artist, but it's almost, it's also, it's not to be like too real in the sense that it's not, oh, this is, I'm going to tell my dramas and stuff. It's more like how the mind of an artist works, where something happens to you and then it it gets reflected in, in, in what you do. And maybe you don't, you don't even realize that you are reflecting things that happen to you. And it's also kind of a mirror for Narcoshark. If you see Narcoshark and you see the new movie or even the new trailer, you can see like themes of that intertwine between the two and things. Yeah. So it's, again, an art house pretentious movie. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, uh, I like the way you mentioned your previous, like the, the horror movie soundtracks that you already have. I noticed the Narcoshark. The movie posters, because every time I see movie posters, when people sometimes they have fake movies or whatnot, but the posters are actually for soundtracks that exist. It's just the movies don't. But one of them is a Zomberia, I think. Zomberia. Som and, Zombidia. Um, Zombidia. Okay, so it's a, a Spanish one. And Zombidia, that is the one I think I would like to see because I like zombie movies. <laughs> And one of them was like you mentioned, it was My Little Slasher was another one. I like slashers, but I saw those and I can, I have your catalog of the music. And I I love that, that you, 
that the music is there because it, it's like that is your uh, inspiration almost like that inspires the film and it's kind of not the way most people might think that music is where it comes from like usually they'll watch the movie and then they create the music or they find music that goes with the movie but to be able to create the music I mean, the movie from the music that you make. I was reading where you were talking about specifically the, what was it called? Hypnagogia, that you discovered that you would write music in that art. It's hypnagogic art, where you create music and art, that sleepy state that you're in, like you're not awake, not asleep, and you created a lot of music that way. I read that and I found it really interesting because I have a lot of those, those, what is it called? Like uh, hallucination from sleep paralysis in that state. I hear and I see things a lot. It's very common for me. So when I read that you experienced that as well, I thought it was very interesting because a lot of people find that scary. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, sleep paralysis, things like that. Anything that you see or you might hear or things that people create in that state is so fascinating to me. Do you use that? Do you use that period of time on purpose to try to create music? Yeah. Well, like, uh, like you, when I was a teenager, I did have a sleep paralysis uh, for a, for a while. And I did have an, uh, some hallucinations. Uh, and actually on the trailer for the track, there's like an alien that haunts like, a, a child and, and, and the main character. And that, that was happened. That what happened to me was that I, I I walk and I couldn't move and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this black mm -hmm. shadow with a huge uh, head and, and he, he spoke to me and it was very yeah. scary and it was very traumatic for me. So that's, again, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Tetractis is an exploration of uh, traumatic experiences. And, and so I, that's, what, that's one of the elements in the movie. Uh, I haven't had that happen in a long time, thankfully, because mm -hmm. it was very scary for me. But then, uh, like, I don't know, like, actually around the time that I was making Somberia, that, what, like, that my son was a baby, that's when I started to get up really, really early and just record music for like mm -hmm. half an hour or an hour and then go do whatever I have to do for the day. And then, like, in the next couple of weeks, I will do that every day. And finally, then I will listen to everything that I recorded. And I didn't have a recollection of, of recording any of that music. So that was a lot of fun to me, too. It's almost like another person wrote mm -hmm. that album, that music. And, 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 but I, I didn't do that. I did that out of necessity, not because I wanted to be like a, an art project. I just wanted to make music. And if I didn't have the time to do it at night or in the evening, I just had to find a way to do it. And that was the way that I, that, I, that was the only time available to me was straight out of bed, locked myself mm -hmm. in the bathroom or whatever, so I won't disturb anyone. And and that, that actually, I locked myself in the bathroom for some beer because that has guitars. If it was just a synthesizer, that didn't produce mm -hmm. a sound, but because I was using a, a guitar, that's why I was mm -hmm. locking myself. So I, and, and, and it's very interesting because... It's it's like a filter gets turned off 
like in in in, in this I've learned yes. from making music and stories is you have to turn off the mind. The mind is very useful. It's a very useful tool, but it's a tool. It's not the it's not the the creative force. And so mm -hmm. the mind comes handy once you don't record the songs or 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 write a story. The mind can be helpful to tell you, oh, this uh, this is the structure of the album. Or you need more. You have only slow songs. You need more faster songs or the story mm -hmm. you need you don't have an ending or you don't have any whatever but while i'm making things i try not to think and and that's what what i was doing without knowing at the time and then mm -hmm. a friend told me that oh that's hypnagogic and and i thought oh that's that's very interesting i started to to find out more about that and that's like what the surrealist did and I mm -hmm. and, and I also was was starting to get very interested in surreal art, and that's why Intertract is the new movie. I don't have a screenplay. I'm gonna go and do this process of just trying to do do it by instinct. By this time, it's not like I'm an expert at anything, but mm -hmm. I can get into that state kind of quickly. Though of just. I'm very good at not thinking, which is not, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. But actually, it's funny because, for again, from making music and stories and everything, that's mm -hmm. that's where I've learned this, that it's better. I, I tell my friends that I try to think less. And sometimes that comes like, it's funny because ah, you're a writer, you don't like to think. But to, the creativity has to have mm -hmm. that filter off. And then you do the artwork and then you invite the mind to help you sort things out. But I, that's a, a way to, to bypass the thinking that I think thinking gets in the way of, of just the inspiration. Right. And then mm -hmm. the new film is about that in that sense of, I don't know, sometimes you write something that you think a song or story that you think is about this. And years later, you go back to it and you realize, oh, I was going through this experience and I was clearly writing about this other thing that I was going through. So this is, mm -hmm. like I say that this is uh, consciously unconscious to make, consciously make unconscious art. This is what I'm going for with this one. Because in Narcoshark, it's a very silly movie, but I put a lot of effort into screenplay. That it has twists and turns and, and has a certain mm -hmm. geometry and stuff. This one is going to be more fluid in the sense that I, I don't know exactly. I know I have a, a the sense of where the story is going to end and stuff, but I don't have everything set in stone. It's going to be like what mm -hmm. inspired me, inspires me at that moment. That's how I'm going to the new one. So it's a contrast to Narcoshark. Narcoshark is very, very colorful from the costumes mm -hmm. and everything. And this one is purposely the opposite. So you have like the, the yeah, the, I, I like duality. Like people often like artists, you get, I have no problem being a narcoshar guy, but we are all a lot of different things. We are not just one thing. And so and, and with this one, it's going to explore another, different themes. That's at least that's the idea. I don't know. Maybe it will come out very very silly at the end. But the the idea is to make it feel different from Narcoshark, but a continuation from the story. 
like a stream of consciousness, like when you have the idea to, to see where that next idea will take the next thing and, and create something and hopefully uh, capture everything that you want to. And by the end of it will be uh, uh, like a whole new thing. I, I think of like, Again, like I'm a musician, when you make an album, the, the track list, the order of the songs are very, is very important. If you mm -hmm. have like a slow song or, or you have like a very fast song, you don't want to put the fast song next to the, to another fast song. You mm -hmm. put song next to a very slow song so that the fast one feels faster than it is and a slow one feels slower. So. That's why the practice is very different from Narcoshark and I already have ideas of like the, the filmography will be like the track list will be different genres and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I would love to, to do some Biria, but some Biria is, is a more stiff movie to make. We could do it in black and white too, or <laughs> not where you can don't have to work so heavily on like the blood and things like that. But yes, I, I, I love that. I love, I love interesting new things. I think lately this year, I've watched a lot of more films that were more artistic and more uh, creative, different. It's those things that kind of keep you from getting tired of the same thing. Even some, sometimes things can be so great. You have a lot of great films coming out or music. But if you're listening and watching the same thing all the time, It kind of is like, you know, it kind of feeling like the same after a while. So it's good to slice in different kinds of, you know, films when you're watching. I used to not watch very much sci-fi. And this year I got more into watching more sci-fi. And there are some really fun movies that I, I've caught this year. Like I never watched that one Velociraptor. And then I was like, oh, wow, this is this is fun. It's purposely fun. And you mentioned a lot of like the Sharks Vacation films. The shark movies are great. Um, and uh, all those things, I think, are make telling your story very exciting because you have so many different kinds of media to, to share your ideas. I will be including your campaign information. It, it is going live on the 18th of October, correct? And I have yes. the links for those, so I'll be sharing them as well. Now, can you give us your socials? Like, where can we find you? Where can we reach you? Yeah, like I said, it's Musica y Diable on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. That's where I publish stuff. Or, or just search my name. Luckily, there are not a lot of people with my with the same name as I. And yeah, just, and, and again, I don't know if I solved the, the practice well, but this is it, both Narcoshark and the practice trying to do is outsider art. One of the things that, that inspired me to make Narcoshark and, and now the practice is, is to, it's like I show my friends movies and I don't tell them what they're going to see or anything. They just go in blindly, blindly and they're surprised. So like I wasn't expecting to see this and this. And now every, it gets hard to do that, but that's why I'm trying to do with both of these movies to, to be entertaining and to be different. And so, yeah, I hope that you can check uh, Narcoshout when it comes out and you can check the trailer for the track list, which it will be on the Kickstarter and, and the poster. Also love the, the I am very lucky that I have very talented artist friends that do the art for both the, the movies and the soundtracks. And yeah, so I, I hope you, you can uh, check out the new campaign. 
Yeah, I do love the artwork I saw. I noticed too the symbols on the on the poster were the same as the symbols that we saw from Narco Shark. The poster is beautiful, and I'll be sharing that Kickstarter information. Y'all can check it out. All of Herardo's music, everything is beautiful, and everything will be linked in my show notes. Um, you can find me at nightmaremoviepodcast.com on Instagram at nightmaremoviepodcast. I have the Twitter still, which is something else we call it, but it is at nightmare on fifth, nightmare on five th. And you can read a lot over on our horror movie blog where we feature our different writers and some of the stuff that I write is over on horrormovieblog.com. Thank you all for joining us and thank you, Gerardo, for joining me. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.